verse 1 there, the Bible says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now, I want to just clarify this word because the Bible does say in the New Testament that God will not tempt us. Uh, and so I want to define terms and understand this, that the word tempt does mean to try or to prove or to put to trial for proof. Uh, it, is, it is one of the uh, latter definitions there, but that is what the word tempt means. In the New Testament, when the Bible says that God will not tempt man, that, in other words, he will not entice man to do sinful acts. God will not tempt us to sin. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and so I want us to be clear on this, that God is testing Abraham's faith in Genesis chapter number 22. It's very important to understand that. Uh, and so I just think we, we need to realize that. And as we look at this passage, uh, it is a time that God asks Abraham, in verse number 2 as we read that, He says, Take thy son Isaac, thine only son. Now, you need to understand where Isaac came from. God had promised Isaac and Sarah, his wife, a son. And now they were 90 years old when he promised them this. And the Bible tells us very clearly uh, that, hey, this was, this was a normal time and period. This wasn't when men lived till 900 years. This was when they would live to, uh, to, to a, a shorter time period. And, and so uh, for God to promise Abraham and Sarah a son at 90 years old, it's quite a promise. It's quite a stretch for, for Abraham to believe that and to follow after God. But Abraham did. And we find that Abraham and Sarah did have a son, and, they, and his name is Isaac. And so you can understand, this is their only son. They are not expecting to have more children after this. Uh, they're, they're not like my family, okay? We have six children. Uh, this is not the case. They didn't have a couple of despair. Uh, you know, uh, this was his only son. And this was the son of his old age. And this was the son of promise that God had promised to him. So you understand all of that. For God to tell Abraham at this point in his life, hey, I want you to take your only son, Isaac, and I want you to give him for a sacrifice. That's a huge order that God's putting in. And Abraham's faith is being tested as we look at this passage. And we'll, we'll get down through the whole passage, but I want you to see this in verses 1 and 2. I want you to see God's order. What He has given very clearly to Abraham. We kind of looked at it a little bit, but I want you to notice here in verse number, uh, verse number one, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. In verse number two, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. I want you to notice there in verses 1 and verse number 2 that God spoke directly to Abraham. God spoke in the Old Testament. And uh, in, in, listen, you're reading about this man's life in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Uh, so there was not anything else written uh, before this. Abraham had 
no, no, the, the laws were not written down. He didn't have all of those things written for his benefit to go back and say, you know, I wonder what God said when he created Adam. What was the Genesis record when he, uh, when he did that? Uh, what was the account of Noah? He could not go back and review what God had already taken place. He was living in the time period of Genesis. And so God did speak to him in visions. The Bible says, and in voices. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now I want you to understand that God speaking to Abram and Abraham in verse 22, his name was later changed uh, to Abraham, that uh, these were very clear God speaking to man. This was not some fanciful thing. He went to bed at night and he dreamed uh, about some crazy thing and woke up in the morning and said, wow, man, uh, last night I was riding a unicorn through a beautiful forest. This is not a crazy dream that he had. This was a, a divine message that God brought to Abraham, and it was very clear. And I want us to understand that because today, in our day and age, we have the completed Word of God. If God is going to speak to you today, He is going to speak to you through the Word of God. You are not going to see visions, and you're not going to hear voices. God dealt with man in that time in a different way because they did not have the completed Word of God. And so it's hard for us to really understand what is the vision that Abraham saw. What were the voices that he heard? Because there are crazy people today who will tell you, I saw a vision, uh, or maybe you had a vision, and it was just a dream. Or maybe you heard voices. Sometimes I hear voices. And I'm like, wait a minute, did somebody say something? Was somebody talking to me? And sometimes I dream dreams. But I'm telling you, those aren't from God. And it's hard for us to understand because God dealt with man in that day very clearly. I'm sure that man in that day understood very clearly the difference between a dream from a pepperoni pizza and a dream from God. I'm sure that there was a clear distinction between those two things. I'm sure that they didn't have any problem distinguishing, and there was no doubt. When you read about the visions in the Old Testament, uh, oftentimes they would go back and they would recount very detailed accounts of every part. When you usually get up from a dream, you're like, I think this happened, and this happened, but it was a little foggy and I don't remember it all. And so I just want us to understand and recognize that there is the difference there of a divine dream and God speaking directly to Abraham and how God deals with us because he clearly speaks to us through his written word. Turn with me, save your spot there in Genesis chapter 22 as we'll be back there uh, for that, that, the rest of that uh, passage. But look with me in 2 Peter chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter number 1. 
And you say, well, why, why, did, uh, why did God stop dealing with us through dreams and visions? Well, he, he did throughout the book of Acts. You read uh, that uh, the, in the beginning there were signs, there were wonders. You read about the disciples, how they did miraculous things. But throughout the book of Acts, it transitions into a more stable period when there are not so many miracles, there are not so many visions, there are not so many signs and wonders that God did. And towards the end of the book of Acts, all of that has, has faded away. And then we have the complete written word of God. Look at what Peter says in First Peter, Second Peter, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter number 1. Look at what he says in the latter part of his chapter in verse number 16. Now, Peter, let me, describe, let me explain this to you. Peter was a disciple of Jesus Christ. Peter walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter did see visions. Peter touched the Lord Jesus Christ. He spent time with Him. He saw Him with His own two eyes. And look at what he wrote in, in, first, in 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse number 16. He says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of his majesty. In other words, he said, listen, we saw with our own two eyes the Lord Jesus Christ here on this earth. Verse number 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And his voice, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. And so Peter was there with Jesus. Peter saw Jesus with his own two eyes. He saw the miracles with his own two eyes. He heard the voice of God when God declared, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. He heard the voice from heaven. He knew it was the voice of God and there was no mistaking of that. Peter saw all of that. But look with me as he continues writing there in verse number 19. He says, We have also, look at what he says, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so Paul, Peter is saying, listen, I witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ with my own two eyes. I heard the very voice of God thunder out of heaven and declare, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But he says, hey, we have a more sure word of prophecy. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Scriptures. Why? Because it's written down. He says, don't take my word for it. Don't take uh, what I say. Uh, don't take what this guy says. Well, I saw a vision, and I heard the voice, and I heard this, and I heard that. He said, hey, we have a more sure word of prophecy, that being the word of God. And the Bible says over there, you can flip over or you can just mark it down. In 1 John five thirteen, the Bible says, These things have I written unto you that ye believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know know that ye have eternal life. Listen, there's some things written down in the Word of God that we can have assurance of what God has said. 
I'll take a written contract over a verbal contract any day. When I go down, uh, when, when we would rent houses in Peru and we'd have to, uh, there was a whole bunch of legal paperwork that we had to go through. It was a nightmare. To rent a house was insane. I mean, you would go down and you'd have to, I'm not kidding you, there was uh, 15, 20 pages, uh, full pages of legal jargon all written in Spanish. You thought it was fun reading it in English. You probably didn't even read it in English. I didn't really read it all in Spanish, I'll tell you that. And you had to read all this stuff, and you're responsible for this, and you're responsible for that, and everything was written down in the contract so that in the event of something go wrong uh, or something that was a problem, he'd say, hey, let's, it's written down in the contract. Well, I don't remember what we discussed. It don't matter that you remember or not. Hey, it's written down in the contract. Here's where it says, uh, and it's absolutely written down. And listen, we have a sure word of prophecy that has been written down for us. And by the way, just a side note, it is in the King James Bible for us. And you can trust the Word of God. There's many different versions that are out there. They are not all the same. They'll tell you they are, but they are not. And I just want you to understand... We have the Word of God that's written down. Now we go back to, to Abraham, and God is speaking to Abraham, and God comes to Abraham, and He gives Abraham an order, a command, if you will. And He says, I want you to take your own son and go to, to a place that I will show you, and I want you to offer your son as a sacrifice. And listen, that's a tall order as we discussed And if you're going to do something, you better make sure that it's clearly from God. That's why I've spent so much time uh, explaining to you the Word of God. Listen, uh, the things that are written in this book, hey, we can take them and you can take that to the bank. This is God's contract that He wrote to mankind. You can go through, you ought to read it, you ought to take an interest in it. You ought to find out what God has told us as mankind so that we understand where we stand with God and what He expects of us and what is our responsibility and what is His responsibility because it's all written down for us in the Word of God. And God came to Abraham and He gave Abraham a a command that was very difficult. Listen, we need to, uh, Abraham, listen. Look at what he said there in verse number one at the very last part. Abraham, and he said, behold, here am I. Abraham listened to the Word of God. Listen, we need to spend time in the Word of God. We need to read it. We need to listen to it. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Listen, it's one thing uh, to take the Bible, it's another thing to read the Bible, but yet it's another thing to trust God, the God of the Bible. There's, those are two different things altogether. Three things, actually, because you have it, and then you read it, and then you actually trust God with it. I was looking, and, and I read this, and I came across this, uh, this, this illustration, Bob, Bob Vernon, who was formerly a Los Angeles Police Department uh, instructor, and, and they, would, they would test bulletproof vests. Now, I can see the, 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 the curious looks in your eyes. How do you test a bulletproof vest? Well, what they would do is they'd get a dummy, a mannequin, okay? 
mannequin. That's a little more clear. They'd get a mannequin, and they'd put that bulletproof vest on the mannequin, and, and, and what he wanted to do is he would instruct his officers, it was to help build their confidence that, hey, this vest will save your life. And so he would do it with a group of, uh, of, of uh, officers there that were learning and that needed to instruction, and he would, he would put that vest there on that mannequin, and then they would stand back, and, and they would take their gun, and they would fire into that mannequin. They would fire several shots. And then he'd say, now listen, I want you all to come up here, and I want you to inspect this vest, and we're going to take it off, and I want you to see that the mannequin was completely unharmed, and there was not, a, uh, not any breakage, there was nothing. That vest completely stopped all of those bullets, as we would expect. Now, that's one thing. We, we know, you know what a bulletproof vest is. And you would say, well, that's, that's interesting. And they would look at it, but then as he would have his officers there, he would ask them this, so who wants to wear it now instead of the mannequin? That's where the rubber meets the road. You can talk about faith, you can have the Bible, and you can read the Bible, and all of those are good things. You can have a bullet, bullet, bulletproof vest. You can test a bulletproof vest on a mannequin, uh, and you can even put that bullet, bulletproof vest on. But it's another thing when it comes down to receiving fire in that bulletproof vest. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we're at in the life of Abraham. God said... Do you believe me? Abraham believed God. Abraham had his son Isaac. It was the promised heir, the seed that God had promised to Abraham and Sarah. And surely enough, that came to pass. And now God is saying, listen, it's time to put your, your faith to the absolute test. And he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, your beloved son, and I want you to go to a place. We can see the order that God gave to Abraham there in verses 1 and 2. I want you to notice Abraham's obedience in verses 3 through 10. Look with me. We'll read down through here uh, this morning because I believe there, there's such value in reading this. Look with me. The Bible says in verse number 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hands and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. 
And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Abraham's obedience. We see God's order in verses 1 and 2, and then we see Abraham's obedience in verses 3 down through their ten, uh, verse 10 there. And, and I want you to notice all the acts of faith that Abraham did. It's incredible when you think about it and start listing them out. In verse number 3, it was an act of faith to go. The Bible says there in verse number 3, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass. That would be a donkey. So he got his donkey around, and he got it all ready, and, and, and he took off and started going. Now, mind you, God did not even direct him exactly where to go. He said, I want you to go to a place that I will show you. It was an act of faith for Abraham to get up that early in the morning, grab his donkey, get his wood, get the fire that he brought with him, and get, ever, get his son, and to start going. He didn't know where he was going, but this was not the first time in his life that that took place. You remember way back when, when God said, hey, I want you to get away from your people and from your seed, because I will make of thee a great nation. And he said, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. And Abraham had to pack up his house and pack up his wife and say, hey, we're moving. And his wife surely said, where are we going? And he said, I don't know. How about that? He said, God will show me when we get there. And we find that same faith again in Abraham's life as he says, I'm going to go and God's going to show me. It is a, 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 a thing of faith. Listen, as Abraham gets up and he goes, the Bible says there in verse number 3, verse number 4, Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. I don't know how God directed him to it, but God clearly directed Abraham and gave him the exact location. In verse number 5, And Abraham said unto his young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And so Abraham said, uh, Listen, it was an act of faith for Abraham to get up and travel to that location. And apparently it was quite a distance. And God finally directed him and said, hey, that's the place that I want you to go. And so Abraham left his servants and left his donkey at that place. And that alone was an act of faith. And he said, listen, I and the lad, we're going to go up this mountain. And you notice the words that he said, to worship. He was going to go worship God. What an incredible step of faith. As Abraham climbed that mountain, I could not imagine what's going through Abraham's mind. Every step as he took going up that mountain. If you've never walked up a mountainside, it, it takes you a little bit usually. It's not something that just happens quickly. It, it, it's quite a bit of a, a trip to get up to the top. And, and Abraham was climbing and, and it was displayed. His faith was uh, incredible with every step that he took. But look at what he says there in the last part of verse number 5. As he tells his servants to abide there. And he says, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and 
come again to you. Abraham had faith. I don't know what he was thinking. But I do know this. He planned on returning with Isaac, his son. And he was faithful every step of the way, saying, I'm going to go. I don't know if Abraham just thought God was going to resurrect Isaac. I don't know if, if he knew that God was going to provide. Uh, well, he did say God will provide himself a lamb, uh, but I don't know that he knew exactly how it was all going to take place. I, I think he was probably thinking a lot about all of that and, and had a lot of wonder, but the fact of the matter is Abraham acted in faith and his obedience is incredible. But it gets better. Look at verse number 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hands and a knife, and they went both of them together. You know what's absent there? He didn't have a lamb. He didn't have a backup plan. He didn't bring one with him. I don't think when he left home, he thought, man, you know what, I need to pick out one of the best lambs. Uh, That's the way sacrifices usually would work. They would go to their flocks. They would pick out one of their best lambs that was fit to Scripture that God had ordained. Uh, Of course, he didn't have Scripture, but God had taught them how to offer the sacrifices. And they would take that that lamb, and they would take and, and offer it. You notice when Abraham left, I don't think he brought with him a lamb. And now he has the wood, he has the fire, and he has the knife, but he does not have a lamb. He did not have a backup plan. He said, my faith is placed in God. What an incredible amount of obedience. And it gets even better. Look with me in verse number 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Can I tell you something about faith? Listen this morning. Your faith will encourage other people Those servants said, well, there goes our master Abraham and Isaac, and they don't have a lamb, but he said they're going to go up and they're going to worship and they're going to come again. I don't know if the servants knew all the rest of the details, but I do know this. uh, They saw the faith of Abraham by saying, hey, he's going and he's going to return. And then uh, Abraham's son, Isaac, as they're walking up that mountain, and, and Isaac's faith was built by him saying, God, or Abraham saying, listen, God will provide himself a lamb. What a prophetic picture to the Lord Jesus Christ that he would come and the Bible, as John the Baptist said, as Jesus walked onto the scenes, John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. What a prophetic picture that God did provide himself a lamb. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Oh, but it, it gets a little better. I know you're thinking, how could it get better? He's already gone. Watch what takes place in verse 9. And put yourself in in Abraham's shoes right here in these verses. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there. I don't know how long it took him to construct that altar. I don't know if he dragged his feet saying, man, I know God's going to provide lamb, but I don't know when. 
And I know there's going to be a sacrifice, but I don't know how. As he, as he puts all those things in order for that sacrifice, it was an act of faith to build that altar. Look at the next thing that he did. In verse number 9, I think we left off, um, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. I don't know if Abraham was extra particular about how he laid his wood out and said, you know what, I'm going to take my time and kind of drag my feet. But the fact of the matter was, he was doing exactly what God had asked him to do in verses 1 and 2. He built the altar. He laid the wood out. Then he took and he tied up his own son. I just could not imagine being in Abraham's shoes right there. I couldn't fathom it. But he did. Not, it doesn't stop there either. Because in verse 10, he took the knife. Abraham was not going to hold back not one bit. He was going to do everything that God had asked him to do. He probably didn't understand it. But he thought, you know what? God gave me this child and God can bring him back to life. Or God can give me another child. Or God can do whatever God wants because God is God. And when we get to the point in our life that God can just take us like clay and mold our life and do whatever He wants while we're in a good place of obedience, that's where, Moses, that's where Abraham was. God took his life and said, you know what, I want you to do this. And he did. I want you to do this. And he did. And God was molding out of Abraham a wonderful example of obedience and faith in God that speaks to us some four or five thousand years after it took place. What an incredible example. Abraham's obedience. We see God's order in verses 1 and 2. We see Abraham's obedience in, in verses 3 through 10. I want you to notice God's offering in verse number 11. Look with me at verse number 11. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. Look at what it says. Underline these these words. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. What an incredible uh, picture of, of faith in God. As he went all the way up the mountain, he, bound, he made the altar, he laid the wood in order, he bound his son, he put his son on the altar, and he grabbed the knife and he was ready to offer his own son. And God said, no, no. I see that you have great faith. I see that you're pliable and that I can do whatever I want with your life and I can mold you and I can make you into anything that I want you uh, in, my, in your life. 
I recognize the obedience. You remember back in verse number 1, the Bible said that God was testing the faith of Abraham. How far will you go? We see God's offering. You know, it's interesting. God will take us to the very edge. I was thinking about this. God could have easily provided a lamb when Abraham left his town and grabbed his son, had his servants. He could have been on the way and spotted a lamb. Oh, look, there's the lamb. Perfect, that's the lamb. That's the sacrifice. God didn't do that. He could have gotten to the place and God could have directed him to the mountain and climbing up the mountain at any point, God could have presented that same ram and and could have presented it there. But God didn't show Abraham that lamb while he was on the way up the mountain. Matter of fact, while he was gathering the stones and building the altar there, God could have very easily revealed, hey, there's a lamb there that you can use. That will be your sacrifice. But he didn't do that. Matter of fact, he let him build the altar. He let him put the wood on the altar. He let him tie up his own son. He let him grab for that knife. And then he said, okay, now I know you'll follow me. Now I know there's nothing that you're going to hold back from me, and I'll provide your lamb. He took him to the last possible second and said, oh, now I know. Listen, God could have provided that lamb at any point. Listen, I, I can't tell you how many times in my life God will bring us to the very edge. It's got to be done the next day. It's got to be taken care of. Something's got to be done. And God says, you know what? I'm going to get it. I'm going to provide. I'm going to take care of it. And time and time again, we're like, and I hope so. I'm getting it ready. But I I don't know. And, and, And we get concerned. And Abraham, I'm sure, was... Maybe he worried, I don't know. Maybe he was concerned, I don't know. But I do know this, God always comes through. He's never failed. And he never, fa- he never will fail. There's a song, God will never fail. He's always there for us. And God provided that offering for Abraham and for Isaac God watched every step that he took and God watched every stone that he gathered for that altar and God watched every uh, piece of wood that he laid on that altar and, and maybe Abraham was saying, well, I wonder where God is and maybe in your life you're going through uh, some kind of difficulty or struggle and, and you know you're where God wants you to be and, and it's not an issue of sin, there's not an issue of problems in your life, but rather you're doing what God would have you to do but you're saying, man, it's getting close and I don't know how it's going to happen and I don't know how it's going to be taken care of. And all the while, God is saying, hey, just trust me and have faith. What an incredible encouragement the life of Abraham is to us. There was a whole lot on stake for him. And listen, God never fails. God provided at the needed moment. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. God's never late. God provided. 
God gave that offering to Abraham and allowed that sacrifice to take place. How does that apply to us today? Maybe you're struggling with something in your life. And I'm not talking about things, the will of God, or I'm talking about plain things that are written down. Maybe you need to be baptized today. And you've never trusted the Lord uh, or followed the Lord in baptism. Maybe you've never been saved and you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saying, well, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Listen, God will never fail you. God did not fail Abraham. And God will not fail you either. If you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, He will save you and change your life. The next step after that is baptism. You know, sometimes it's fearful for people to take that step of faith and say, well, I want to be baptized, well, I'm scared to death to do that. Listen, you can trust God. He won't fail you. We're talking about things that are clearly written in the Word of God, and, and believers' baptism comes after salvation. Maybe it's giving an offering or tithing to God. Maybe it's difficult and, and you get your money and you, you say, man, pull out 10%. Boy, that's hard. I don't know if I can do that. Listen, you can trust God. It's clearly written in His Word. You can give an offering to God. You can trust Him. Maybe it's joining a church. We have the Bible example that they were added unto the church. And, and maybe you think, man, I don't know about joining and I, I'm not for sure about that. Or maybe it's, maybe it's witnessing. And telling other people about the Lord. And you say, well, you've crossed the line there, preacher. You mean talk to other people? Yeah. Tell them what God has done for you. How he's changed your life. And how he can save them as well. You know, that's a direct command in the word of God. He said, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. You know, you can't witness to the wrong person. You can't. Oh, I'm sorry, I I was looking for somebody else. That guy needs the gospel too. You can't find the wrong person to witness to. We need to to do these things. Uh, What about reading our Bible? Uh, Listen, it's clearly indicated in the Word of God. That's something we should all be doing. I'm not talking about uh, what job you should choose and and things that may be variables and may, may be different. I'm talking about things that are clearly written in the Word of God that we're not doing because perhaps there's fear, perhaps there's some other thing. And listen, Abraham went all the way up the mountain made the altar, laid the wood down, tied his son up, and reached for the knife. There was no line that he was not willing to cross for God. And we draw lines. Well, that's, you know, hey, I, I came this far. That's enough, God. You know, I did this and I did that, and that's, that's enough. We draw lines. We say, God, that's enough. That's as far as I'm going. Abraham knew no boundaries with God. He said, I'm going to go. And I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. Listen, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's the bare minimum that we can get away with. I would say Isaac passed that test 
with flying colors. I would say Isaac, or Abraham rather. And his report card reads an A+. And I wonder, where do we fall? Where have we dri- dr- drawn the line and said, well, you know, it's, that's all the effort I'm putting in. That's all I'm doing. I'm not going a step further. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that Abraham was holding back. Everything was there. I wonder this morning, what are we holding back from God? Why are we holding it back? Father, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart. God, to put everything out there for you. God, help us not hold back in our life. Speak to heart, only you can. Help us. Help our faith be strengthened. God, we need strong faith in 2021. Help us to trust you. And God, if there's one that does not know you as their own personal Savior, God, I pray that you'd speak to their heart and help them put their faith and trust in you this morning. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, Maybe God's spoken to your heart this morning. The altar's open. What are you holding back? Is there something that you're hanging on to? Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you need to join the church. Maybe you're struggling to trust God. This is where the rubber meets the road. It is easier said than done. But it's a blessing to follow God. Could you imagine the relief? Could you imagine how how much how greater faith Abraham had when he came down off that mountain? I could imagine he told everyone how God provided that lamb. How he was ready to offer his own son. But God provided. And he didn't have to. What an incredible account. Pray right there in your seat. Pray at the altar.